0: what is going on everyone i am pat the pac-man welcome to another episode of barking for balance the show where we talk about dogs and we talk about all sorts of other good stuff welcome 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 uh how's everybody's day going today hopefully everybody's day is going well on today's episode i wanted to talk a little bit about um how to correct a dog i want to talk a little bit about that um i was thinking a few things that i wanted to go over that uh you know kind of like happened today and i think uh, that that's one topic. That's from a dog perspective. It's uh, that I definitely want to address that. And I want to also talk a little bit about about purpose. You know, having a purpose, finding your purpose. You know, obviously, I uh, you know my story is a little bit about all that stuff. So I wanted to talk about those areas in particular. Um, so let's start off with the dog stuff first and foremost. Everybody loves dogs, so we'll start things off with dogs. Talking about dogs. How can you not love talking about dogs? I certainly do. And that's where my purpose comes into play. So. Um, Well, let's start with the dog stuff first. So, uh, when it comes to correcting dogs, so there's a bunch of different variations and different ways of how you know people uh, say you should correct a dog, or you know a bunch of different theories on how you should correct a dog. This is how my theory is, and what my approach is when it comes to correcting something uh, in general. You know, a lot of people don't correct their dogs in certain behaviors because they think it's acceptable. It's what dogs do. It's what you want you want them to do. So you let them that go. But unfortunately. Sometimes those behaviors tend to become uh, more, more obsessive, more disruptive. And then all of a sudden people get aggravated, and then now you want to deal with it. Okay, so let's use an example. Let's use something like, like barking. So, you know, we'll have a dog that's just barking out the window. We just use again something, something very basic. So the first thing I wanna preface is your job is to correct slash disagree with that behavior, okay? You know, you want to let your dog know that it's not necessary to warn about every single person that goes by, every single dog that goes by, every squirrel, every leaf that gets blown through your house, by your house. It's unnecessary for them to notify you of every single thing that occurs, okay? Most of the time, I mean, there's 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 reasons why your dog is doing that, Uh, just FYI, uh, boredom and frustration, lack of physical and mental stimulation, we'll get to that at another time. But the fact that they're doing this, you just dis- you want to disagree and let them know that that's just not necessary. A little bit of barking, sure. Excessive, not necessary. So how do we correct that kind of behavior is, again, you have to let your dog understand that your job, and you need to understand that your job is to establish those directions, those boundaries, and those limits. And that's why it's okay and needed for you to be able to correct your dog when they're doing such things, okay? So again, we'll use an example of barking. So the first thing that you have to remember is no screaming. Don't scream, ah, stop it, no, no barking, shut up. None of that stuff. You don't want to lead with frustration. Untarrabbiado, satticaimo, okay? Which comes into calmness, okay? Being calm when you're correcting is crucial. You don't want to correct with frustration. You don't want to correct with anger. Sicilians, you know, we scream and holler, but that doesn't mean that we're angry or frustrated all the time. It just means that we're screaming in Holland. That's just the way we talk. So the so, not always, but calmness is key. So when you're correcting, you want to always be calm. Don't lose your temper. If you get to that point, that means you let the behavior go too far. You let the behavior escalate because you never corrected it in the first place. You never uh, disagreed with it in the first place. And that's that's why it started to, to become such a, such a problem. And again, that's where most, most people end up having those kind of problems because they never nip it in the bud. Okay? So remember, your job is to establish direction, boundaries, and limits, and you want to disagree with certain behaviors that are excessive, that are just unnecessary, and you're letting them know, knock it off. So that's what prevents the anger and the frustration from kicking in. When you're starting to scream and you're starting to get angry, you're basically adding more excitement to an already excited fire. OK, so you think that you're putting it out and instead, <laughs> the explosion of excitement's already there. That's one of the reasons why they're barking. So we don't want to add more excitement. And screaming does exactly that. I mean, when you're screaming and you're angry, they're excited. You're adding that to it. They're barking. You're screaming. Same same behavior. Excitement, anger in the dog world, it becomes the same thing. It's still excited. So excitement. So those things have the opposite effect of what you're trying to achieve. So calm, calm, firm, knock it off, simple, okay? Don't get angry, don't get frustrated. A mistake that I see a lot of people making, and this is very crucial to understand when to correct, and this applies in a bunch of different areas as well, is that when you are correcting a specific behavior, you want to correct and then disengage. What do I mean by that? When you're correcting, you're saying, stop it knock it, knock it off. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. Right. So, and women are famous for that. All senora you taught them. Women are famous for that. You stay in that mode. You know, you'll get cut. A woman will get cut off in traffic at eight o'clock in the morning and by three on on a Monday and at three o'clock on a Friday, they're still complaining about it. Son of a bitch. I can't believe he did that. I know senora you taught them. I'm going to get in trouble for that one, but you know, some of you guys know it's true. Um, we'll talk about my traffic habits at another time. You'll, you know, I can relate to some of those things, but anyway, so you want to disengage. So the reason why you want to disengage after your correction is two reasons. Number one, you have to understand that dogs live in the moment. So moment to moment is when you're correcting the behavior or rewarding the behavior. Okay. So if you continuously are in a corrective posture throughout that entire time, The dog is going through different moments, doing different things, and being in a different state of mind. So now at this point, you're correcting every single one. We want to allow our dog to process, to think, to figure out what is it that you want them to do. You want to allow time for the brain to go from a high level of intensity and to slowly come down. It's not gonna just drop from a 10 to a zero in one shot. It's not gonna happen. It's gonna, at least not at first, it's gonna come down from a 10, to a nine, to an eight, to a seven. And that's where the patience has to come in. That's where we have to understand that we need to give our time, our dog time to process what it is that we're asking them to do. So you're correcting, hey, stop. Okay? So you're, you're interrupting, you're giving them time in between to give the brain time to process what it is that you're asking for. What does this guy want from me? Right? Now, when you're correcting in between, you're snapping the brain out of focus, you're snapping the brain out of fixating on whatever it is that they're fixating on, and the intensity automatically goes, drops down, so the next time that they do it, a few seconds later even, they're in a different, a lower level of intensity, a different level of intensity, so again, you're watching the brain slowly come down and slowly become calmer and calmer and calmer, and that's the objective. So... You want to correct and then disengage. Don't stay in a corrective posture for the entire time. It's correct. Give some space. Let that space do its work. Let that space do the thing that it's necessary for it to do, which is to let the dog figure out what is it that you want. Okay? Now, there's a bunch of different varieties of ways and how we're going to get the dog's attention. We're going to talk about that in a different time. Uh, right now, I just want to get the overall concept of how to, you know, come into a state of mind where you're correcting and then you're snapping out of it. Because when you stay, again, in that frame of mind of correcting, you're correcting the different moment. So we'll use the example of the barking as, uh, you know, we'll continue with the, with the example of, of the barking. When you repeat, you're repeatedly correcting, you're creating a confused dog. So what happens is that when they're barking, they're barking. Right? Now you're correcting. Hey. Okay. So now there's a split second where he stops or she stops barking. Now, if you continue to correct or stay in that corrective mode, that corrective posture, you just corrected that next moment, meaning you just corrected the time when they did not bark. So now the confusion starts to kick in. Okay. So I was barking here and you're correcting me. I'm not barking here and you're still correcting me. I don't know what the hell you want from me. That's what happens. So now the dog doesn't exactly know what the hell you want. So they're going to think you're nuts. Okay. So give it time to, to give, some, give, it, give the dog some time to process what it is that you want. So you correct, then you wait, then you correct again if necessary how much time has to go on between? I don't know. Don't use a freaking stopwatch. It's not really necessary to be on the exact second. Just God damn it. Just wait a little bit of time. You know what I mean? Correct? Come out of it. Now, the important thing is when you come out of it is to not stay in a corrective mindset. You got to relax because now you're feeding that relaxation to your dog during that period while they're processing. And now the relaxation affects them during the time when they're calm. And they're quiet, I should say, when they're quiet, for even if it's for a split second. So now a different message is being sent at these different moments. Okay? So a message is being sent at different moments. And if you're doing it the proper way, if you're timing it the right way, you're going to start to see the brain slowly come down. Slowly come down. Okay? And eventually it starts to relax. Now, along the process, there's going to be what I call blips. Okay. So the brain is coming down. It's at a level 10. Now it's at a level three. And then all of a sudden it goes up to a five. It's just a bit quick. And then you see if you feel quiet, but if you feel the intensity, it's much lower than it was. Also the time between the barks is not consistent. There's some space in between. So is it necessary to continue to correct? Absolutely not because the space in between is doing its job. The brain is calming down. So those spike ups it's not really necessary to correct because the brain is still in a downward spiral. It just spiked up for a minute, but if it continues to spike up, then you have to correct again because you want to block it before it has a chance to get all the way to the top again. But it's not really necessary if it's just a spike up, just a quick blip, because eventually, if you leave it alone, it's going to stabilize there and then it's going to start dropping down again. So you just let it go. There's times to ignore, and those are the times to ignore. When the behavior is at such a low level, just let it go let it go when it starts to escalate then you could deal with it but at this point if it's starting to drop it's just a little spike up a little blip let it go no need for it okay so just remember the most important aspect of it is to correct and disengage give some time in between in that period of 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 time that you're giving in between relax don't get no calm then you correct hey but make sure that when you are correcting, you don't lose that calmness. Your job is to correct and to earn respect and trust. You can't earn respect and trust when you can't control your own emotions. Dogs don't respect, trust, or follow anybody that is not in a uh, stable, balanced state of mind. And if you're not in, a base, in that state of mind when you're correcting, then you're not gonna, they're not going to receive the message. You're not going to convey what it is that you're trying to convey okay so make sure that you stay calm you stay relaxed you correct assert yourself don't be no stop and don't be knock it off opposite sides you know we talked about balance right one side the other side you got to find the middle ground that's how you find balance calm and firm together one more than the other you're off balance message is not received you don't achieve your goal it's that simple okay so remember, that's, that's a generalized way of correcting in, in a specific area. There's a bunch of different other uh, variations to it, but the general concept is that, is you want to correct moment to moment. You want to address state of mind. Don't worry about the body. Dog training tactics work on the body. They put a treat in, your, in their dog's face. They make the dog sit. They make the dog leg down, blah, 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 fun, cool. It doesn't do anything. We already know that. It's just, it just It does nothing when it comes to the state of mind. We're not correcting the barking, guys. What are we correcting? What do you think we're correcting here? Are we correcting barking? No, we're not correcting barking. We're correcting the reason why there's barking. And what's the reason why? (laughs) That's what my father used to say to me a lot. So we'll get to that another time. So, you know, you want to make sure that you understand the reason. We are not correcting the barking. We're correcting the reason for the barking, which is excitement. Excitement is the reason why they're barking. Now, obviously, is there other components to it? Sure. But in this particular case, we're correcting the excitement from a correction standpoint. There's other things that need to be done to fix that excitement, but this is just a correction component. And not, we're not using treats. We're not dangling chicken and saying, at hey, look, look at this over here. No, we're not doing that crap, okay? We address the state of mind that we focus on the brain. We don't focus on the body. We fix the problem. You know, we don't put a, a band-aid on the problem. Okay. You don't fix the barking. You fix the reason for the barking. Make sense? Okay. That's really um, what my purpose in, in in doing this is, which actually brings me actually that was a pretty good segue. I wasn't I wasn't planning on that one. That could have worked that well. Uh, the segue of 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 understanding purpose. You know, I was talking about purpose and um my purpose when I do this, in, in, when it comes to, to, to why I do this as a profession, is to educate. It's to teach people to understand dogs. That's why my mantra is it's about training people, not training dogs. We don't train dogs. We train people to understand the brain of a dog and to understand how to communicate dog language. Those are the two main things. It's actually just do it. No cuatro, do it. <laughs> but that's the main thing, okay? And my purpose is to do so, is to, is to share my knowledge and what I know. For a fact that works, it's necessary to have a dog that's happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved, okay, which in turn creates a human that's happy, fulfilled, and successful. It's a very, very delicate road, but it accomplishes everybody's goal and happiness, you know, it achieves everybody's goals. So, um, so that's my purpose, because, you know, when it comes to um, having a purpose, dogs also have a purpose, you know. Um, dogs, specific, like specific breeds, have a purpose and like specific jobs, you know? So like there's herding dogs, there's, there's, there's cattle dogs, there's, there's uh, uh, protection dogs, there's retrieving dogs. There's, there's all sorts of dogs, you know, like wiener dogs. My, 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 my girl Pepper is part, uh, part dachshund, part wiener dog. And that long body is meant to like go in the holes to get out uh, the uh, the little groundhog, the little groundhog things, or the gophers, or whatever the, 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 they're going in after. Um, I should have done a little more research on, on what they're going after. But they're basically their body was is designed. That's why they're so long and slender to go into those little holes. Um, but they all have a purpose. They'll have a, a reason, like something that they need to do. So without that purpose, you know, without being fulfilled from a purpose standpoint, from a dog purpose, but also from a breed purpose, then they kind of start going down the wrong path. Like pit bulls, you know, socks, my, my dog socks is a pit bull. And a lot of times those, those dogs, those breeds, they develop a bad habit is because for what they were bred for, if we're not fulfilling their needs in a different direction, then their instincts get channeled in that direction. And that's where we have a problem. You know, like I'm sure that, you know, you guys know a lot of like, like cattle dogs that nip the ankles, of, of children that are running around. That's because that's what they were supposed to do. That's their job, you know? So we want to fulfill their purpose. And sometimes we want to fulfill it in a different way. But this way they feel like their purpose is being accomplished. They're doing what they were meant to do. And, you know, my purpose in doing this is in is education, like I said, because there's three different types of dog professionals there's um, there's dog trainers which I call trick or treaters. You know they focus exclusively on on the use of uh, treats and obedience commands, and then they have a, re- a purpose, sure, which is to tr- to to teach those particular tricks, those particular um, exercises, whatever you want to call them. But it doesn't have anything to do with the behavior side. Okay. Then there's the, the the like 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 board and train type type environments, and some of those people are 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 some of the the board and train facilities are meant to remove um, the the burden, if you want to call it that, of the, the put the work in, uh, for dog owners to have to put things in place to to be able to do what's necessary, or to fix or to rehabilitate, um, and they have their role. You know, a lot of unfortunately, some of these guys do this stuff because they don't want to share. They they have you know a wealth of knowledge. They know what's necessary, but they just don't want to share it with anybody else. They want to keep the secrets to themselves. And that's what they do. And that's, that's great. And then there's guys like myself who really focus on educating people, dog owners, dog lovers. And why do I love that the most? Why does that give me so much purpose is because as a child growing up, I've always been fascinated with, um, with superheroes. You know, I've, my whole life as a kid, I always dreamt of saving people and being, being like a superhero. You know, in fact, now, um, Let's talk about superheroes for a second. I know I'm digressing into a whole different direction, but I'm a big Captain America fan. I love Captain America. That's my guy. Um, you know, so so Captain America is my guy. So what do you, what do you guys like as far as like superheroes? You know, DC, Marvel. You know, whatever the case may be. And listen, it's it's all it's all it's all good to me. But let's have a little little you know not not today, but maybe another time we'll have a little discussion about about superheroes. But I love Captain America because not just. It's just the, what he stands for and his personality and, you know, he doesn't really have any weapons and any, any particular superpowers, so sort to of speak, but, you know, he cares and he's, you know, he's worthy and all that kind of good stuff and he, and, and he does, he goes against, um, you know, he does what's right even if it goes against what everybody else is saying, you know, and he's always right because, you know, one reason or another, he always does the right thing. Uh, I don't want to create an argument about it because I'm sure there's gonna be a warfare. No, Captain America just, uh, relax, guys. Let's 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 all get along here, okay? There's gonna be enough backlash with all sorts of other shit. So let's calm this, let's calm down. So anyway, so I'm a big Captain America fan. So even as a kid, I always dreamt of like saving people. You know, i always watched like like the TV shows back in the day, they were really cool, like the A Team and you know uh, the Night Rider and the Dukes of Hazard, where they're always like helping others and saving others and all that kind of good stuff. So I always loved and fantasized about being a hero and saving lives. And when I started doing this for a living, that's kind of like what I was doing with when it came to the dogs. You know, I was rehabilitating the dogs and teaching people about it, and you know, I was helping people grow and and calm down and. Um, learn like, like, like what, how this applies to their lives and how it improves their lives and make their lives better. And there was all sorts of other variations to it, but that's where my purpose comes into play is because I'm fulfilling my need to be that hero, you know, to be able to help and to save others. Um, And, and it brings me happiness, you know? Um, and it took me a while. I mean, I was, I was 40 years old when I, until I just, when I discovered this and, you know, it, that's, that's neither here nor there. And we're going to have a discussion with in, in another podcast about one of my favorite topics, which is patience. We're going to talk about that another time, faith and patience combined. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a home run. It's about God in my book. I, I apply those into God, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So, you know, having a purpose is, um, you know, what is it that you know, I, I, how could I put this in order to discover your purpose and purpose has nothing to do with necessarily like doing this for a job. You know what I mean? Because there's, there is a difference between having a job and having a career and having a purpose. There's three different, there's three different, completely different things. So, you know, if you have a purpose, it doesn't mean that you have to do it to make money and make it, do it as a living. It's just, you're providing value to the world. You're making the world a better place. You're doing something that's not for you, that's for others. And you're helping others improve, whether it's animals, people, or in my case, it's both. It, that's really what having a purpose is about. So, you know, if you don't have to necessarily do it for for the money or to do it for a living, you just want to do it because it makes you feel good and it's helping making the world better. And this world could use a lot of better, you know, this world is, you know, is, is chaotic and, you know, we live chaotic lives and we could use a lot of, of good. So, you know, finding a purpose and a purpose could be something simple, you know, it could be something very basic. It doesn't have to be anything major. You don't have to save, you know, the, the, you know, I don't know, save the whales or whatever you, you could do whatever it is. It's something that makes you, you happy and fulfilled. It could be, you know, I don't know drawing it could be whatever it is it's something that gives you fulfillment that um like the three questions when people ask me about this they they say well how do i you know how do i find my purpose you know obviously god presented my purpose to me um took a a long time and that's you know that's that's sometimes it's necessary you know you've got to be in the right position and the right state to be able to to take that in um but you know, people ask me like, how do I find my purpose? And sometimes purpose will find you. But if you're trying to find that purpose, you know, I I say, you know, you want to ask yourself three questions. And the first question is, what do you like? Right? What do you like to do? What do you what what do you like? I mean, I just summarize it just like that. What do you like? The second question is, what do you enjoy? What do you enjoy? Okay. And the third, the third question is, what do you care about?" So, what do you like? What do you enjoy? And what do you care about? And again, it doesn't mean you have to put a timeline on this. You don't have to answer this right away, but you want to internalize this and let those questions sink in, get some roots down. And before you know it, it blossoms. Because, like, you know, again, God presented me, pre- presented this situation, this, my purpose at a later time. But I do realize that that this was the time, you know, having it done back then, I don't think it would have worked because there was so much stuff that happened beforehand that got me to this point and so much learning and so much growing. That's why I'm here. And that's why I was able to take this now, this gift and use it in the right way. So, you know, but before we got to this point, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Believe it or not, those were the three questions that were in my spirit, and I was putting it out there, and God was like, "Okay, I'm going to put it all together. I'm going to put these pieces of the puzzle together, but just be patient. It's going to take some time." And so the three questions that I kept asking myself were that: What do I like? You know, and if you think about it, you know, like we talked about, I was afraid of dogs till I was 28. I wasn't an animal lover when this all happened. I wasn't a dog lover when this all happened. But that's what I've become. You know, so now it's what do I like, and what do I enjoy, and what do I care about, and you know, when you put the past and the present with the future, all of a sudden those three questions gets, get answered, but it doesn't necessarily mean they have to be answer specific. So if like you ask me, like, what do you like? You'll say, oh, you must love dogs. No. What do I like is I like helping others. I like um, educating. I like, in, I like inspiring. That's what I like. What do you enjoy? I enjoy working with people and teaching them how to build a better life with their dogs. I enjoy saving dogs' lives. I enjoy keeping dogs in homes that deserve for them to be there. And what do I care about? I care about all that stuff. You know, I mean, in my particular case, kind of like all those three questions are answered the same way, you know, and that's okay because now we know it's like, you know, if you answer those three questions the same exact way, You know what your purpose is. You know what you're going to do, you know? And it could be something, you want. building a pen. You know, I like putting the spring in. I like putting the ink and I like paint, whatever the case may be. If it's something you like, if it's something you enjoy, and if it's something you care about, that's all that matters. Because there's other people are going to say, you know what? I don't understand. That's stupid. Okay, it's stupid to you. You you do the credit, you know, a fun cool. That's a word you're gonna, that's a phrase you're gonna like hear me say a lot, you know. So I'm gonna try, instead of saying it in English, I'll say it in that way. It'll be a little more less, you know, a little less vulgar, sort of, sort of. So uh so yeah, so that's kind of like the purpose. And you know, in a world like the world we're living in right now, with this pandemic and and all this chaos and all this this drama, you know, I'm 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 remembering like when I was living in, in, in Sicily and you know, I I realize now how, you know, first of all, dogs are simple creatures, you know, and so they don't require a lot. And that's one of the reasons why I love dogs. But I'm also realizing that in life, our own lives, human lives, life is simple. It's just that we tend to complicate it. You know, so like, again, when I was living in Sicily, life was very simple. You know, there wasn't a lot of uh, of requirements. There wasn't a lot of stuff that you it was, it was just basic, basic life, basic, basic necessities, you know? So for example, I'm remembering th- there, there wasn't a like major supermarket chains. So like when you had to buy, you know, your, your, your food, there was like a small, like smaller versions of supermarkets. And there was the, the area, the places where you would buy, like, for example, like, like fish uh, or fruits and vegetables. This is where I'm, I'm talking about the simplicity of life. So you have people that do this for a living. So their job is to sell fruit. Their job is to sell vegetables. Their job is to sell um, fish. So the process of it is, you know, they would get up in the morning and, and go to work. And what's their work? Okay. They would go in their garden and in their, in their campagna, you know, the cauliflower and the tomatoes and whatever else there is. And they would put it there was this thing i think it was called the lapino if i'm not mistaken it looked like a like a miniaturized uh, pickup truck and if i'm not mistaken it had one wheel in the front and two wheels in the back if i that, pretty sure that's that's the one but it was like a very very tiny uh, pickup truck and and that's what they used to go around town and sell their fruits and vegetables so you would hear them driving around they're like, raw, 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 and, and they would be screaming at the top of their lungs, hey, mi prune barco, barco, aquí, chule. and they would scream like the stuff that they, they had on their little, the little lapino and, um, and people, you know, would come out the window, hey, go hey, okay, go. Okay, okay. And the guy would come by and he would drop by. And of course, you know, you'd have like, like you know, the older people would be like on the terrace, like like two floors up or whatever. And it's like, hey, hey, hey how much is how much is the bruna? You know, how much are the, the artichokes? How much is, whatever? Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, two kilos of this and quattro quatro quatro banana, whatever, you know. And then <laughs> the, the process was there was a basket, right? It's called a upanaro, and it would be attached to a rope. And then the lady would put the money in the basket and drop this basket down through the string. And the guy would put his, his whatever stuff inside. He would take the money and put the change in, and then she would just you know bring this up. And so somebody else like across the street would say, would say, oh, boy, you know, you know, two two kilos of, of, of artichokes or whatever it was. And oh senora calasupanaro. And then that would mean bring down the basket. So <coughs> excuse me. So bring back memories. I haven't thought about this stuff in a long time. So you know, so she would bring down they would bring down this 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 other basket and he would fill it up and they would pull it up and that's how you did food shopping. And then, you know, a little while later, you know, you have like the guy who's selling fish. And the guy who's selling fish would get up in the morning, he would get on his little boat, you know, and he would go out to sea and he would fish and whatever he would get. And he would drive around with like this little, um, it was called the like a lambretta like a like a vespa type deal i think it was actually a vespa and he would be at like a little like a box like a small little box it was very narrow and he would put it on the back of his his v- vespa and in that ba- in that box was all his catch and he would go screaming at the top of his lungs hey side they side they jiggy jiggy and then people would come out their doors out their windows and, oh, yeah, are okay, these fresh sardines or whatever it was, you know? And, oh, yeah, okay, how and then they would negotiate prices. No, 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 no. So, rumela lead. No, rumela no, chink. No. Okay, rumela okay. chink. And then he would, he would weigh the things and he would put them in the, in, the, in the basket, take the money, and he would take off. And then sometimes these guys were crooks and, you know, they would overcharge some people more than others and they would, like, skim on on the weight, you know, a couple of a couple of grams less or whatever. You know, it was, like like, a little bit of a – of a scamming thing going on every once in a while, but that was kind of like food shopping, you know, that's, it was just a simple process. So, you know, people would buy the sardines and buy the, the, the octopus and whatever, and buy the artichokes and buy the potatoes and the fruit and whatever. And then they would eat that for lunch, eat that for dinner, you know, whatever, you know, the case may be. And that was life. So like, when you think about the guy that's that's selling fish. You know, he's getting up in the morning, you know, people go fishing for sport or for fun. This guy's doing it for a living, you know, so he would go out, he would get his, 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 uh, his, you know, his catch, put it in the, in the, in the little Vespa, drive around town, sell it, go home, you know, have dinner with his own family and whatever, maybe take a nap, have a glass of wine, you know, you got a whatever he was going to do. And then he would go to sleep. And then repeat the process all over again. And then maybe like on a weekend or holidays, he would get together with the whole family, and they would, you know, a again. They would have a barbecue, and you know, maybe he would go in his back in, in his in his campagna and, and 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 grab some lemons. And it was simple, you know, go to bed, have some coffee, simple life. And that's what dogs are. They're, they lead a very simple life, you know, very basic, very plain. You know, they work. Rules reward. And that was the reward. You know, you come home, you spend it with your family, you eat, you enjoy, you relax. Not very stressful. It was calm. It was easy. It was a great, it was, it was a very simple lifestyle. I'm not sure what it is now, but I'm I don't know if they even still do this kind of stuff or things have gotten a little bit more, more modern. Because I could only imagine like the American, you know, people right now going, Oh, that's disgusting. He's driving around with fish in his back. It's yeah, disgusting, all this fumes listen that shit was came out right out of the ocean it was delicious there was nothing disgusting about it so you know just you know grow the hell up more worse the crap that you're eating at the supermarkets and all the crap that you're that's all toxic this is fresh stuff so anyway i won't get into that conversation but um again it was just a very very simple life and um i wish sometimes that that we could come back go back to that and and live simple lives and you know stop like stressing out and, 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 you know, and just fulfill our purpose. You know, this guy, his purpose was to fish. That's his purpose. You know, he, he, it was, you know, he would, they, these kind of people would pass that generation to generation. Like the kids at like 10 years old, nine years old, would go out in a fishing boat at like three o'clock in the morning to go fishing. They learned from the father, you know, they didn't even go to school for this kind of shit. You know, they learned, instinctually what to do. You know, and this happened for like a bunch of other like variety of jobs, whether it's like my own father, you know, he was a mechanic for cars and he didn't go to school. He learned by experience, by it was just it, it is natural for him. It was his purpose to do so. And he learned it and he was he excelled at it. He was an expert at it. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, simple life. So I don't know. That's just a little bit of of, of quick stuff that I wanted to uh to get in there. Um You know, guys have any questions, uh, you know, let me know, you know, hope you enjoy uh, some of my my stories and some of the stuff that uh, that I'm reminiscing about. I haven't thought about these things in a long time, so I'm glad that I got to share with you. So anyway, any questions, uh, anything you want to go over, anything you want to talk about, uh, let me know. Live a life of balance. Remember to be patient, positive, peaceful, peaceful and persistent, which is BP4. Just one of my uh, sayings. We're going to you're going to learn a bunch of that stuff along with some Sicilian sentences and words. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for watching. Barking for balance. Catch you next time. Bye.